This podcast is brought to you by The Empowerment Project. Research proves that empowerment self-defense training makes you safer, period. I want you to have a great self-defense toolkit so you can create strong boundaries, speak with confidence, and take up all the space that you deserve in the world. We'll hear stories from survivors and find out what worked for them and why. We'll interview leaders in the field and talk about tips, concepts, and really easy things that you could do to make yourself safer and interrupt the cycle of violence. I've taught self-defense classes for over 30 years, and I promise to teach you everything I know. Ultimately, I'm going to want you to get some in-person training, but a great empowerment self-defense class is more than just the physical skills. The list of things I want to teach you is endless, so let's get to it. My name is Sylvia Smart, and welcome to The Empowerment Project. Hey, listeners. I'm very glad you're here. Welcome. Today, I want to talk about tolerance, our tolerance for behaviors from others and how we handle the behaviors we don't like how we maybe tolerate the intolerable and what, if anything, that has to do with our empowerment, self-defense. I'm going to start with my favorite NBA team, the Trailblazers, and then I have two stories I want to tell you, and the two stories illustrate two different responses to threats one that starts with zero tolerance and one that feels a little less clear Um, I would say even like mushy, for lack of a better word. Um, And then I have an example that we're going to use just to illustrate how one could set a zero tolerance uh, policy for ourselves. First of all, I'm a huge fan of the Portland Trailblazers. Make no doubt about it. I am a huge fan. I love to go to games when I can and yell at the top of my lungs. I make flashcards so I know all the stats about the players, and I just think it's really fun and great. So, um, yeah, and if I'm not in the arena, then if I can, I'm listening on the radio or I'm watching from home. I'm listening to a podcast after the game. So it's something that I really love. And um, I was at a game earlier this week and it caught me to thinking about this topic because before every game starts, there's a short video that plays. And I noticed that it made me feel safe. Like, It's always made me feel safe when they play this video. And this week, for whatever reason, I just was more aware of it. And it's about zero tolerance. It's about um, creating a space that feels safe for everybody. And I admire what they've done. And it's not just the trailblazers, by the way. It's the entire NBA. They have created a no-tolerance policy for abusive and hateful behavior. It is the NBA policy. And um, they have even um, codified it in a NBA fan code of conduct, which is very clear and leaves no room for confusion. So I've picked a few of the points, and I want to share them with you. And here they are. The National Basketball Association seeks to foster a safe, 
comfortable and enjoyable sports and entertainment experience in which players and fans respect and appreciate each other. Guests will enjoy the basketball experience free from disruptive behavior, including foul or abusive language and obscene gestures. Guests will consume alcoholic beverages in a responsible manner. Intervention with an impaired, intoxicated, or underage guest will be handled in a prompt and safe manner. Guests who engage in fighting, throwing objects, or attempting to enter the court will be immediately ejected from the arena. Obscene or indecent messages on signs or clothing will not be permitted. And then here's a little quote. The arena staff has been trained to intervene when necessary to help ensure that the above expectations are met and guests are encouraged to report any inappropriate behavior to the nearest usher, security guard, or guest services staff member. And by the way, in, they also mention a number that anyone can text and just ask for help. So we all get that at the very beginning of the game. And then to go on, guests who choose not to adhere to this code of contact will be conduct, sorry, will be subject to penalty, including but not limited to ejection without refund, revocation of their season tickets, and or prevention from attending future games. They may also be in violation of local ordinances resulting in possible arrest and prosecution. Full disclosure, I love zero tolerance. There are some things that I left off the list just because it's actually quite long, but I love the way this makes me feel when I'm attending a game. I know what the expectations are. Everyone knows what the expectations are. I've seen people ejected from the arena when they don't follow the rules. And it is a really wonderful situation. It feels safe to me. And so it got me to thinking. And this is a concept that applies to our empowerment self-defense too. First of all, I have to notice that my boundaries are being crossed. So for example, that a person or a situation or something I'm being asked to do is not in alignment with my values. My body alarms are going off. Something's not right and it feels disrespectful at best and downright scary or threatening at worst. So for example, the NBA noticed that fans were acting out. Fans were throwing stuff onto the floor. Fans were using racist language and making obscene gestures and having signs that said stuff that made people feel unsafe. There were fights breaking out. And they, um, I think it was in 2019, they came up with this league-wide zero tolerance policy. And I think it's really cool, and it's something we can apply to our lives, right? As uh, people who are interested in empowerment, self-defense, stepping into our empowerment and into our wholehearted, full living. And um, so first I need to notice. I need to notice there's something going on that's wrong, that makes me feel disrespected, that makes me feel like my boundaries are being crossed. I worked someplace where I was asked to do dishonest things, and it made me feel terrible. So here's some examples of that. So that's one example. You know, you're being asked to do something at work that is, uh, you know, is dishonest, and it does not mesh with your values as a human being. 
you're being bullied or threatened, or I'm being coerced into doing something or in behaving away in a way that I don't feel good about. Someone around me is always angry and I find myself walking on eggshells. My partner binge drinks and it's affecting me, it's affecting our kids. My parents criticize the way that I parent. So there are just a few examples, but we, I think in every episode we talk about real specific examples that, that make us sit up and take notice something is wrong here. These are times when we can start considering what we want our tolerance policy to be. And maybe it's appropriate to have some toleration in this particular instance. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's time for me to create a no tolerance policy for myself. And if I do decide that that's what I'm ready to do, how do I do that? What would I need to do? What are the things I want to think about? How do I want to prepare? How do I want to practice? So this is where our planning and preparation kicks into effect. This is where we start talking with our safe people, with our friends, our family, with a therapist, the HR department at work, our spiritual advisor. This is where we start to mull over, what are my boundaries? What is exactly happening? How are my boundaries being crossed? What options do I have? Do I wanna stand up? Do I wanna speak up? Do I wanna make a stand? Do I wanna create a boundary? Is there a line I need to draw? And how do I do that? So it's all of these pieces. It's all of the time that we take in preparation for the, you know, for the big zero tolerance day um, when we make ourselves very clear about what our tolerance policy is going to be. It's hard work. You know, it's important work. This is the work of self-defense because when we set these boundaries, we create safety not just for ourselves, but for our family, if it affects our family, for our coworkers, if it's happening at work, for other um, maybe members of our spiritual community, if it's happening to us within that community, within the arena of sports, you know, wherever it is that these, these behaviors are making us feel unsafe, wherever that may be. So here's an example. I, for, for our, for our purposes today, I picked a, a, an example of a work situation. So we're going to use this. Um, there's a coworker, say, at my place of work who takes every opportunity to demean me, to uh, dismiss me, to um, denigrate me or disrespect me or what I say or my ideas. Maybe it's because of competition. Maybe it's because of their own self-esteem. It doesn't really matter what their why is. The fact is their behavior is demeaning to me and I don't like it. Maybe I've even been trying some things and maybe I'm getting some different variations of success, right? I've been trying things and the behavior is maybe continuing and I don't like it. So on some level, I'm still tolerating this behavior because I haven't figured out how to completely stop it, but I'm ready and I am willing to have a zero tolerance policy for this behavior at work. I am no longer interested in having this person demean and disrespect me ever again, period. 
never again. So now, now comes the work of thinking through exactly how I want to change. What my choices are, who my allies can be. Maybe, I, uh, maybe there are other coworkers who are experiencing the same thing and maybe I could start talking with them, finding them, finding out what works for them, problem solving with them. Maybe it's appropriate to bring in the human resources department. Maybe it's not. Maybe my dear friend can help me. Maybe this is something that I want to talk over with my therapist and really get in alignment about why I let this happen or why it's time now for me to stop letting it happen and do some role plays with my therapist or my friends or my coworkers. We'll swing back around to this whole situation at the end and we're going to talk through possible options and things I can do. But first, I want to tell you a couple of stories that illustrate this this no tolerance, this zero tolerance policy and lack thereof. So these two different situations are actually situations that happened with my kids when they were in schools in our neighborhood. So the first um, One is with my daughter when she was in fourth grade, and I have a kids self-defense podcast. It's called the Power Up Kids Self-Defense Podcast, and in episode number three, I actually interview my daughter about this experience that she had because it was really awful on so many levels, the way that it was handled, and um, so I'm not going to go into it all, but if you're interested in hearing more detail, I uh, recommend listening to episode number three. And if you're a parent, definitely listen because there are some ideas about things that we can do to create this zero tolerance policy and help support that at our schools and at activities where our kids are involved um, as well. So the second example is uh, one that happened when my son was in sixth grade. And interestingly, in both of these situations, there were weapons involved. So in the situation with my daughter, when she was in fourth grade, there was a a pair of scissors that, that were involved and she was threatened with a pair of scissors. And, um, having gone through a number of self-defense classes and having a mom who is all over this stuff, she, handled it the very best that she could. I was really proud of her. She stood up and she said, that is not okay. It is not okay with me to have you threaten me with a pair of scissors. And she went and told her teacher, who happened to be a substitute teacher that day. And um, that substitute teacher uh, didn't know, it sounds like, didn't know quite what to do and sent her down to the office with the person who had just threatened her. So there was my daughter walking down the hallway alone with this person who had just threatened her down to the office. When um, when they got to the office, um, they were sent into a conference room where they waited, the two of them alone, for the counselor to come in. And at the same moment, um, the school principal was not there. I feel like if the teacher and the principal were both there, this would have been handled more like more like my son's situation, which was zero tolerance um, once he got to the right person. So they waited together 
in this conference room, finally the counselor came in and had a discussion with them, which was um, ineffective, I would say, quite ineffective, and uh, didn't really get anywhere. There was no zero tolerance happening here. My daughter, the end result was that they went back to the classroom with the counselor who made like a song and dance about how everyone should feel safe in the school and to be sure to report any situation like this that would happen and um, that they went to make sure everyone feels safe. But as my daughter came home and told me, but nothing changed, nothing happened. We just talked but no one even really believed me. And it was really mushy. So listen to the podcast, episode number three, the Power Up Kids Self-Defense podcast. If you want to hear more, if you want to hear how I stepped in um, and how I dealt with it and how it changed and what the uh, consequences were and how, anyway, what happened and how that situation went. But that is an example of kind of a mushy not school-wide policy of zero tolerance. Here's an example of uh, zero tolerance that doesn't start immediately. So my son was in sixth grade and was on the playground and was um, threatened with a knife. And he immediately went to the adult on the playground and told what happened. And they disbelieved him. And um, he, my, my son, called over friends to back him up, and they did. And the person didn't believe him still. Oh, that kid would, would never do that. They don't have a knife. What? They don't have a knife. Knives aren't allowed at the school. So having had multiple bazillions of self-defense classes with his mom and knowing these things and having discussed all of these things in the past and planning and preparing, he went straight to the principal when he saw that he was not being believed. And the principal at the school has a zero tolerance policy and immediately said, I'm so glad you came and told me. This is absolutely not okay. Whether they have a knife or not, I don't know. I didn't see it, but I believe you. I believe you feel threatened. I believe that you feel scared. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. You stay here. I'm going to take care of this. He did. And he went and he searched the locker and found a knife. And the knife was long. And um, he called my husband and I in and we discussed. Um, we saw the knife. Um, the entire school was put on notice that this is not okay. The person, the student who had the knife was dealt with accordingly. Um, got follow-up services and support and like it was handled so beautifully. My son knew there would be no retaliation. My daughter did have retaliation. And so that's an important piece of this zero tolerance. Like we will not tolerate your behavior. There will be no, t no uh, retaliation, period. It is not allowed, which is like the NBA thing. Like, we will eject you. We will take away your tickets, your season tickets. We will make it so that you can never come back. That is a zero tolerance policy. And those are two examples of that. One that's kind of mushy, one that's 
pretty clear. So let's go back to um, the example that I mentioned at the beginning. You know, I'm at work. I have this coworker. They're always demeaning me. They're disrespecting me. Uh, the first line of defense is I'm aware that something is wrong here. I'm aware that I do not like this. I'm aware that I do not want this to keep happening. I may have even tried different things and may have had varying degrees of success. But now, for whatever reason, now is the time and I am ready for zero tolerance and zero retribution. Like, no more. No more. I'm drawing, I'm drawing the line. I've spoken with friends, I've spoken with family, with coworkers, and with others who I consider my helpers, my support team. I have made a plan. Let's say I've decided I'm going to try one last thing. And if it doesn't work, then my step two is going to be that I go to more official channels. Maybe I'm going to go to the HR department. But for right now, this is my plan. I've role played. I'm ready to let my coworker know that I have a zero tolerance policy for this anymore, right? So I am going to set up a time to meet or I'm on the lookout for a time when I can have this conversation in private or if that does not feel safe to me, I have thought through where I normally see this person and maybe I can take them to a corner, but it's in a public space. I can create some privacy but there are people nearby and that makes me feel safer or I've invited a friend to come with me or a coworker because that is what makes me feel safer. So nothing you do is wrong, right? You're setting this up for your success. Whatever that means, however that needs to look, that's for you to figure out. That's your work. This is an example and it may or may not feel right to you and that is fine. I have used this example in the past multiple times and it has worked for me but that doesn't mean it's right for you i just want to kind of use that disclaimer you get to figure out all the different pieces of how you're going to set your zero tolerance policy in a way that feels the safest for you and the way that it sets you up for the greatest possibility of success so i hope that's clear When I find the time that's right, I'm going to say something like this. I'd like for you to hear me out, to really listen to what I'm going to say. And then you launch right in and you do not even give them a chance to talk back to you and say yes or say, you know, what's your problem or what is this about or what's your big deal? Like what's going on? No, you don't need time for that, right? So I'm going to say it again and then I'm going to launch right into what I want to say. So I'm going to say, I want you or I'd like for you to hear me out. Really listen to what I'm going to say. I feel disrespected. I feel this way when you say demeaning things about me in meetings. You can give examples or you cannot give examples. It does not matter. You say what you need to say and you do not give them any space to interrupt you. If they do, you keep talking because this is your moment, right? This is about you. So you're going to say, I feel disrespected. 
I feel this way when you say demeaning things about me in meetings. An example is what happened yesterday. That is not okay with me. My hope is that you stop belittling me when we're alone and when we're working with the team. I will no longer tolerate this behavior. It is absolutely not okay with me. I have a meeting to go to right now, or you could say a phone call I need to make. I need to get to my kid's soccer game. Whatever it is, you have something that you need to get to, and you say this, again, not giving them any space. They've had their space. They've had all the space in the world. This is your time. I have a meeting I need to get to, and I don't have the time or the desire to discuss this with you. I just need you to know that this is no longer acceptable to me. Thanks for listening. And then you turn around and you walk out or you back out or you step out and you leave. You get out of there because you do not need to hear what they have to say. You have heard plenty and they are going to have blowback. You do not owe them listening or giving them space for that. They will have blowback and they can have that on their own. They can go talk about this with whoever they want to, but not with you because you have put down your line and you are not tolerating this anymore. Done. You leave. Your heart is going to be pounding. Your face may be bright red. This is certainly true for me every time I do this. And I've been doing this for a really long time, right? My heart's pounding. I might be shaking, but know that you did it. And then you get out of there and you go and you call me or you call someone and you call them and you tell them, I did it. You bookend this, right? By that, I mean, you let someone know I'm doing it. I'm going to go in and do it right now. And then you call them right afterwards and you say, I did it. I did it. And remember, it may feel super messy and that's okay because you did it. You made your stand. You're leaving because you do not need to deal with their blowback. You are setting your boundary and you no longer have tolerance for this type of behavior. It is not up for discussion. So once again, take a deep breath because this is a lot. There is no just like one way to do this. This is the way I have had success in the past, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it this way. There might be bazillions of other, there are bazillions of other ways that you might choose to do this, right? You might choose to do this with, uh, by email, by phone, um, in the presence of your marriage counselor, your spiritual advisor, your neighbors, your friends, uh, with other people just standing there witnessing with you. It does not matter how you do it. What matters is that you do it, that you feel that something's not right and that you take action and set your no tolerance policy, whether it's with your spouse or your partner or your neighbor or your coworker or your whatever, whatever it is, wherever it is, your boss. I want you to know that you are worthy of doing this, of having this no tolerance policy. You probably have already set your boundaries in lots of different areas in your life, and you've already had successes in different things. So draw on that success. Know that you are creative. You have resources. And then this planning and preparation is about using all of those, all of those creative ideas that you have, all of those crea- creative ideas that your friends and co- you know, the co-workers that you su- 
that support you, your marriage counselor, your uh, your trusted people in your life, your family members who adore you, the the possibilities of people that you have standing with you are endless. Find them, use them, use your own creativity, make your plan, um, think it through, prepare by thinking through all the little details of how you want it to go, and then practice, role play, um, you know, so yeah, okay, so one, one important things here are the takeaways one to notice that something is wrong first of all first and foremost something is not congruous with me with how i value myself with how i want to live with the values that i have i'm being asked to do something that's inappropriate i'm being asked to do something that's scary i'm feeling that my boundaries are being crossed in a small way or a big way or a medium way and I am deciding that I am going to lay down a no tolerance policy, zero tolerance, zero retribution, zero. So what do I need to do? How do I want to do it? And that's the preparation. Thinking through, this is step number three, preparing all the things that I want and need to do to set up for my own success. Do I want someone with me? Who? What exactly do you want to say? Where do you want this to happen? And when you're in charge of this, you're in charge of setting it up, you don't have control about what happens next, but you have total control in speaking up and claiming your space, setting your boundary and drawing your line. This is within your control, no matter how big or small. This is part of our empowerment self-defense. Take a deep breath because this is a lot. I mean, this is a lot. It takes a lot to get to this place of zero tolerance. And you are worth every minute of the preparation time it takes for you to get there. And as always, connect with me if you want help thinking through a scenario or talking through your plan. If you don't have someone that you can share this stuff with, I am happy to be your person. If you have done this work, you know, after you've done it, you've set your zero tolerance policy and you want to talk through how it happened, if it didn't feel like it went as smoothly as you expected or some things happened that you weren't planning on or you aren't sure, remember, this stuff does not feel great. It does not feel pretty. It feels messy, right? I'm doing this, you know, as a 62-year-old woman, a six-degree black belt with all the training that I have. And every time I have done this, I have felt messy. It has felt ugly. It has felt icky. I have felt like I could have done that better, right? Why was I shaking? Why was my voice so high? Uh, Because it's hard to do this work, but every time I do it, I get better at it. And so practicing even with smaller things sets us up for success with bigger things. Remember that it also is part of our prevention, part of the prevention that we set in place for ourselves with regards to our own safety. And it happens with the little things sometimes, not always with the big things. So know that you're worth it. Know that when you notice something's wrong, it's okay to set down a zero tolerance policy. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If you have other people to debrief this stuff with, 
definitely debrief. I'm just saying, if you don't have someone, you I am your gal, always. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for doing this work that you're doing because my my belief is that the safer that you are, the stronger your boundaries are, the safer all the rest of us are. And that is a fact. Thank you so much for being here. Be safe and take care and um, go Blazers. Thanks. It's affirmation time. This is how I end every self-defense class. It's kind of cheesy, but it's very cool, and this is how it works. We're going to do like a little call and response. If you can say this out loud, if you can repeat after me, do it, because it's important, I think, for you to hear your own voice. But if you can't, like if you're on a crowded subway or someplace where it's embarrassing, don't worry. You can also just say it inside your head. Okay, so I'm going to say something and you're going to repeat it after me. I'm going to give you space to do that. And at the end, we're going to say yes. Here we go. Repeat after me. I am worth protecting. I love myself. I belong. I deserve to take up space on planet Earth. I am a strong and powerful person. Yes! Woohoo! And hey, as a wrap up, will you do me a favor? Will you do all the things that you do when there's a podcast? Like, will you tell your friends? Will you subscribe? Will you come back each week? Communicate with me? Review this podcast? Like, all those things to help get more bandwidth, help more people find out about it. That would be super awesome. Take a deep breath. You are amazing. Thank you for being with me. See you next time.